Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to Security and Security, hosted by me, Johnny Seifert. This is the Celebrity Mental Health Podcast, where I say it's okay to not be okay. And whether you're watching on YouTube or listening where you get your podcast from, click that subscribe button. And let's keep spreading the word, it's okay to not be okay. Now let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today is a TikTok star who celebrates all things Irish on his TikTok channel. His second book, Hitched, is out now, and it might be one of the best books I've ever read. So to talk to me through the mental health themes of the book, I'm delighted to welcome to Skudinska, it's JF Murray. Hello, JF. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So we're going to go with JF Murray, we're going to go with Joseph Murray. Are you a Joseph or a JF for this one? I go with JF mostly for kind of the, the book side of things, kind of just to keep a little bit of the, my professional side slightly different to my personal side. So, but I mean, I, I, my friends call me Joe, so I think you can call me Joe. Oh, oh I'm your friend of it. <laughs> I feel like I've made it in life, Joe. And so let's start with Hitch and then we'll go into your TikTok life. So we'll go from Joe to Joseph to JF in this interview. But let's start with Hitch. And what an amazing book it is. Now, not to give any spoilers away, so I'm going to give you the task to tell everyone what Hitched is about. So Hitched is a story about a girl called Kate, who's very much a planner. And she has just planned her perfect wedding, which is in seven days, but she's also gone a step further and she's planned her bachelorette hen party in Las Vegas with her three best friends. Now, most of the time, the bride doesn't plan the hen party, but because Kate is Kate, she plans everything. She wants nothing to go wrong. But when they arrive to Vegas, she bumps into her toxic ex-boyfriend, Trevor Rush. And after, Ooh, a drunk- <laughs> and after a drunken night of debauchery, she wakes up married to him. But her actual fiancé, Norman, is at home and her wedding is in, I think, five days. So she has to get an annulment from Trevor in order to go back home to Ireland to have her perfect Irish fairy tale wedding. But the question is, as she kind of gets to know Trevor again, and he says, I'm not signing the annulment until, yeah, you know, you go on three dates with me just to make sure you're not in love with me. He's been very cheeky. He's been very toxic, which we kind of like sometimes, but he he's the nice level of that. And the question of the book is, will her old feelings for Trevor start to bubble back up? Or, you know, should she risk it all in Vegas? Or should she go back home for the kind of classic Irish wedding? So I won't spoil what happens in the end, but there's a lot of kind of being torn between between two worlds, I would say, in the book. Brilliant summary. Well done. I think you know your book quite well. I think you've written it. Um, <laughs> and also there's, there's the other elements, obviously, that you've got other characters on the Hendo that also have their own individual storylines and the, their way of talking. Um, the writing for me was just 
outstanding. The way you wrote the two characters of Siobhan and Chloe and the banter and the lines and the innuendos, I just can't get over how brilliant it was. How did you find the writing process being able to be that naughty, but also being very straight when you're coming up with a proper storyline arc of a beginning, middle and an end? Well, I really, really enjoyed writing the book. And I think that probably comes across in the writing. If I don't want to write something, I'm probably not going to because I I have to feel that the writing element is fun. And it was the same in my first book, Fling. I had to enjoy it. I had to go on the journey with the characters. I never wanted to feel like I had to just slug it out. And I had to, it, it, I didn't want it to feel like work, if you know what I mean. So I liked having, there's plenty of jokes. There's definitely in each chapter, there's at least three or four jokes. And I think that helped me kind of, you know, as I was going along with the story, I knew what I had wanted to happen. I knew I had it all mapped out, my beginning, middle and end. But the jokes along the way and the fun, maybe side plots with the other girls, that made it just that much, that bit much more fun for me to write. Um, and that's something I do with all of my books, definitely. And that's why you should go and buy Fling as well as Hitch out by Absolutely. now. Absolutely. So the way this podcast is going to work, Joe, is I've gone through your book with a tooth comb and I've picked up a couple of quotes and I want to reflect them on you. But the first quote I'm going to take is from page 42. And it says this. Podcasts are for one thing and one thing only. Listening to horrifically gruesome serial killer murders on your morning commute to work. Now, Joe, you're sitting here on a podcast. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you've written these words. Who is the serial killer out of me and you? And what are you doing here if there's no murder? Well, we'll have to see. I mean, that maybe that's for the audience to find out who's going to be the killer, who's going to be the victim. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's all, all about the journey of finding that out. Well, I will say that's probably a bit of a sweeping statement that I did make, but it kind of reflects me a little bit because when I, my go-to podcasts are horrific serial killer murders. And don't ask me why. And I know there's a lot of people, a lot of girls especially, who are really, really into this. Like I have cousins and I have friends and we're, we're obsessed with these kind of podcasts. But it's hard to explain. I don't know why I love them, but at the same time, it's just like a weird, like, I think listening to them, even in like kind of a safe environment, you're like, oh my God, that could never happen to me. Thank God. You know what I mean? So that's an interesting one. Um, now, of course, there are plenty of other podcasts that offer plenty of more variety to people. Um, but I think in the context of the book, they were kind of before that line, they were making fun of those, you know, the alpha male podcasts that really get under my skin. And there's all these ones. And there, it's kind of become a TikTok trend as well, where it's like, it's when there's two kind of just straight men talking and they're kind of saying about what women should do and what women shouldn't do. And I'm just like, but it's not relevant to their lives. You know what I mean? Like who gives them the, why? Like, like a Chris Williamson, a Chris Williamson style person who does that. Kind of like, I mean, there's, there's so many and it's, it's all, it's all, it's all over TikTok. And like, I keep, I keep clicking, not interested, not interested. <laughs> no matter what happens, these videos of these two men being like, oh yeah, well, women shouldn't do this. And I'm just like, why are they talking? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not their place to say, you know? But it's interesting when you think about podcasts, I think for the majority, the reason people got into podcasts was because of Serial. And Serial would have been about, ooh, about 10, 11 years ago. And that mm. was following the murder and the court case of a guy called Anand, I think. And it was basically following this court case and he wasn't guilty. And because of the podcast, he the trial went back to court and it was found he wasn't guilty after all that. Mm. And that's all because of a podcast and the journalism. And I think that's why we're interested in murders to kind of go, well, why are you the way you are? Same as what I do here of insecurities, but I think with murderers, there's always that question of, you know murder is wrong, why would you go and do it? 
that's what I'm especially as a writer I'm really interested in that because it's like it's something I can never imagine ever being in that headspace but the fact that that does happen I'm just like what what series of events led them to that because you know there's there's always a story leading up to that moment where they decide to you know be go on a rampage which is terrifying but there is a bit of interest I'm just like how did they get there you know what I mean well everyone is Everyone has a trigger, and it's interesting. When you mm. talk to people who, for example, are paedophiles or have been sexually assaulted, and it turns out the trigger was it's learned history because they've been through something themselves. And so mm. you've got to strip it back to work your way up to go, okay, that's why they are the way they are. We're not excusing it, but it's almost that rehabilitation rather than just go, go to prison. That's it, done. And no education about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, whatever it is about podcasts, it's like, for me, I want to, I want to be in a world that's so detached from mine. You know what I mean? It's hard to, it's, well, it probably goes back to just escapism because it's the same reason people read books, I suppose. You're like, you want to put on the headphones and you want to kind of go to a different world for like half an hour or an hour. And you just want to, I suppose, leave your life behind for for a few minutes, you know, or even a few minutes a day on your commute. Pretend you're not on the bus, pretend you're not on the train and go somewhere different. Well, talking of going somewhere different, I'm going to go all the way back to page one of the book and start this story with you, Joe. And the first quote I took is a great quote and a quote that I use all the time. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. And Mm. it's one of those quotes that you can't get taught. I remember being taught this in primary school. And it's that fact of do your research, do your prep and then you'll see the results. There's no point thinking you can just wing something. So when you're looking at your TikTok channel, for example, and you've got this massive following there, what's the research that you do so that you don't fail and that you keep going viral? I mean, you've had 5 million views on some of your videos, mate. Yeah, I, I've, I mean, I, I would say one of the reasons for my success on TikTok was that I would be an, I was an early adopter. So I got onto the platform when people were still saying, what is TikTok? You know what I mean? Because I was like, my, I have a background in marketing. I've done some work in marketing. And I said to myself, okay, I've heard a little bit of buzz about this. Let me just see what the hype is. Of course, an hour later, I was addicted and I was swiping and swiping. I couldn't get off it. And I was like, wow, this is a very powerful app. So I said, let me make a few funny videos, see what happens. And from there, I started to get lots of views, lots of followers, lots of likes. And it's been kind of crazy. Like, I mean, it's it's probably a little bit more difficult now because, I mean, some of the jokes that are on TikTok, they've already been done, I suppose. Like in, in Irish TikTok, for example, the Irish mammy video of like, you know, things Irish mothers say, that was like your classic go-to one. Like you wouldn't necessarily make those videos now. It kind of feels like, well, everyone said everything that has to be said on that. But in terms of me planning out what I would make a TikTok about, I'd like to keep it Irish because I think the algorithm um, tends to focus on your local area. So if I make something Irish, put a few hashtags, Irish humor, something like that, I find that will perform better than something that's trying to please everyone. You know what I mean? With TikTok, it's almost like the more niche you go, the more um, views you're going to get, which feels counterintuitive, but that's what I found anyway. Which is interesting because when as you grow your following and you become what they call an influencer there's all the conversation about sponsorship and marketing and paid commission partnerships uh, and you're right that that's on a niche so you know if it's to do fashion or with food however tiktok as instagram used to be and as twitter and as facebook and myspace and bebo it's supposed to be for the mainstream of just what you enjoy and you don't enjoy just one thing and you just doing Irish content is obviously very much focused on a very specific market. However, you've got many other interests as well. And so you should be able to showcase that and go, 
here's my TikTok channel. Here are the different identities that I have as a person. And yet, because of TikTok and the way the algorithm works, you're having to conform to a certain way so that that algorithm picks it up so you can get followers. Yeah, well, and as well, I some of my content, I've kind of pivoted slightly into kind of more book talk stuff because like I'm a reader, I'm a writer. It kind of makes sense. So I try to, try to connect my, as you said, the different personalities, different personas, which we all have, especially online. And I do find that TikTok is a good place, same as Instagram as well, but it's a good place, especially TikTok, to, to merge your different interests. Um, now, not everything is going to be a viral sensation. Some of it's going to be, you know, lower kind of views, but it does give you that opportunity to, to link the different personas you have. So I like Irish comedy. I'm a writer and my books tend to be have Irish comedy in them. So I can kind of connect those two worlds um, and it's been working out well so far and Definitely TikTok has driven um, quite a lot of sales for um, for the first book, Fling, and hopefully for Hitch when it comes out. I mean, Security and Skill Podcast, which you're currently on, is going to really drive their sales, isn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should give um, you a promo code. <laughs> <laughs> At JF Murray. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, yeah. Right, let's go to page 32 of your book. We're living in a hookup era. No one wants serious relationships anymore. 
Mm-hmm. That's a big statement, especially when we look at the dating apps and that window shop view of just swiping based on the way that someone looks. Do you think now in 2024, the way we're looking at the world, the way that we're kind of going, look, we've all been on the apps for like 10 years now. The pressure's mm-hmm. kind of been off because everyone's got married now had they met on the app. Whereas now we're in this generation of, look, just go and have loads of hookups. You don't need to get married because that moment's gone. Everyone who wants to get married is mad and has now got kids and they've forgotten about you. So why don't you just live your best life now? That's a funny one because I do think, so that quote, I'll, I'll change, I'll edit it slightly for, for how, how I feel about it today. I think people do want the relationship, but it's harder to get it because it's almost like the paradox of choice. You can have, you have kind of have access to anyone through a dating app now and you can talk, start a conversation with anyone, but that almost is counterintuitive because it's like, oh God, you almost people sometimes have too much options. You know what I mean? And I think if you go back maybe 20 years where people, you know, they meet someone and they had like a meet cute in a bar and they weren't necessarily always thinking about the next best thing. I think that was probably healthier from a met from a mental health point of view, where you're thinking, oh well, this person, I really like them. They we have similar values, they, they're very nice to me. Whereas now you could meet someone who ticks a lot of the boxes, but maybe they don't just tick that one final box. And you're thinking, oh, maybe I should wait and see if I can find someone who ticks every single, every single box. But I don't think in a relationship that everyone's going to tick every single box for everyone, because loving someone is loving their, like, you know, their shortcomings as well. And you have to be like, well, I love this person. Yeah, I wish they did this. But you know what? Overall, I adore them as a person. I really admire them. And so I think dating apps, it's like it was the perfect solution in a way of being like, oh, this is going to you know, everyone's going to get relationships and stuff like this, but because it's almost been gamified, you know what I mean? It feels like a game, you're swipe, 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 let, you know, right, left, right, left. And then you get like a notification and you get your dopamine hit and you're like, oh, wow, I got a match and you feel validated. But that's different going back 20 years where you met someone and you actually kind of, you felt that spark. Cause I don't think on dating apps, when you get the match, it's not the same as like a meet cute in my opinion anyway. Well, this is the conversation I keep having people of like, people go, oh, let me have your phone. Let me go on your hinge and I'll sort it out for you because I'm married. Therefore, I know more than you. They offer this person that's because all look, you've matched and you go, well, yeah, the values might be the same, but I'm not getting that flutter. I'm not getting that moment. Yeah, where exactly. I really fancy them. And it's like, you then feel guilty that you don't fancy them. And everyone else is going, oh, you should have gone for it. You know, why not? Why not? What you got to lose? And you're like, yeah, but. I know myself really well. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. So there's no point telling me to go on a date with someone that probably I will find boring because I've not got that sexual attraction. And as a guy, especially sexual attraction will come before everything else because it's always based on looks first. And that's what those apps have especially done for us anyway, in conforming to that idea. Much to our detriment, I would say. Massively, yes, yes. Because we, it now has become so 2D, you know, and it is, it is surface value. And I think the I think you're I think you're right, and that's something I would identify with as well. You know, sometimes you go, oh, why don't you go for it? Why don't you go for it? But if you don't feel it, I think it's wrong to fake it with a person because yeah. then it's then you're into the territory of leading someone on. Then it's into a situationship that's not going to go anywhere. But you could be in that situationship for four years, and all of a sudden they're like, you know, it hasn't gone anywhere, and maybe there's different expectations. But I would say dating apps in general. I I'm not on any at the moment. Um, I've used them in the past. It's it's not something I think overall is this kind of amazing technology that's like saving the world. I think there's there's pros and cons for sure, but in general, 
in terms of the, my inner romantic, which I write rom-com, so there is an inner romantic there, um, definitely feels it's hard to actually get the flutters. It's hard to get the spark on the apps because you just won't beat that electricity in real life. It's really interesting that idea because as a 31-year-old, I'm looking at these dating apps going, oh my God, I've got to find my match right now. And I think when you take the step back and go, you don't need to be on the apps. What does it mean to be in a relationship? What does it mean to have that codependency? Because I think like you, you know, you're very career driven. You've worked really hard and you're very independent. And therefore, do you really need a partner? And because society has always told us you've got to be in a relationship, you've got to go and have kids, you've got to do X, Y, Z, that you're rushing with yourself. And actually being off the dating apps must make your mental health so much better going, I can just sit back and enjoy my company without thinking, oh my God, when's that next dopamine happening? Absolutely. And that's almost why it's like, like, you know, years I was on the apps like, you know, a while ago. And it's almost like I made the decision to refuse that dopamine, you know, like the notification every so often. I said, you know what? I need to focus on the books. I need to, you know, if there's there's no romance to be found on these apps, let me go write a book and let me invent my own little world with a bit of romance. You know what I mean? And I think in general, those apps, look, they have their place. You know, of course, many people use them, but in general, I never really feel the kind of a, you know, that that, that moment that you see in rom-coms. And that's, I think, it, and, and I'm a very independent person. I'm not actively looking for any kind of relationship. Now, of course, if I fell in love tomorrow, would I fight it? Probably not. I'd probably be like, oh, this is great. Um, But in general, I haven't found that those apps it's just too it's too much of a game i feel and the fact that it's the way it's all the way it's all designed the the architecture of the apps it's like they're they know what they're doing you know what i mean they're they're doing this um to get you to stay on the app as long as possible correct to stay on the app and to pay the extra subscription so that you get exactly. double the amount of likes or see triple the amount of people you're like uh, i think that would have happened yeah. already it's like yeah. um the fact that apple say if you pay 99p a month you'll get all this extra storage. You're like, well, whilst that storage not there already, how did 99p yeah. make a difference to that? Hmm, funny enough. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But also the other reason why these apps don't work, and I go to quote from page 176. So this is 73 pages. Of, this is 173 pages after the last one. Isn't okay. it funny? Men find women hilarious until they find out they can't sleep with them. So the question is, linking to that, can you have a platonic relationship and therefore, do you have to be in a relationship if you can have lots of female or male friends without being any sexually uh, orientated? Um, I would say that was an observation I made, that particular quote, um, just from having a lot of female friends, having sisters. A lot of my like best friends are girls and I have a lot of kind of cousins as well. And it is kind of funny that I think my sisters and my cousins and my girlfriends, they're, I think they're all hilarious. Like, that's why I'm friends with them. Like, for me, if you want to be my friend, you just have to be able to make me laugh. Like, that's the only criteria. Like, if you're able to have a laugh, we can go out and we can have a good time. But it's so funny how I've noticed just over the years, you know, guys floating over in our direction, being like, oh, hello. Like, you know, and the, the girls are just being themselves and they'll tell a few jokes and then eventually like the, a lot of the interactions in the book like I've kind of seen with my own eyes and it turns into oh like it's the kind of cliche like well I didn't like you anyway you know what I mean and it's so cringe when guys say that and now in general not all guys say that of course but when I see that kind of behavior I'm like oh my god it's like I just sure I don't fancy you why did you think I did and it's like but you just told me you did and then I turned you down and then it, it, the whole dynamic changes I suppose so I think I would like to sit, I would like to live in a world where 
you know, people can just flow to each other in the bar and there's no ulterior motive and people can just have a laugh saying, so great to meet you, maybe see you again, blah, 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 blah. But I think in my experience, especially, in, well, in straight bars anyway, um, you know, the guy floating over and laughing at all the jokes and then if there's any kind of a, I have a boyfriend or I have a this or I have a that or I'm kind of seeing someone, it's almost like they do a full 180, <laughs> you know what I mean? And at least that's what I've seen happen. Um, and I, it's an element that I just, I don't like about the club life. It's very, it feels too transactional. It's like, well, we can still have a laugh. There doesn't have to be, um, doesn't have to be an end game. I completely agree with you. Um, the final quote I'm going to take from page 357. Oh, okay. It's a quote from one of the other characters. So it's linked to the story, but the quote's really interesting. I need a break from my mental health to focus on my social media. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really interesting. So forgetting about your story, hitched out uh -huh. to my Bynilga bookshops now, um, the identity you've created online for your TikTok account and obviously across social media. So away, as you said at the top, away from being Joe and Joseph, but being JF Murray, how have you found the mental health implications of having to have this persona and create this new identity, which is obviously you, it's the real you, but you're having to exaggerate and overemphasize and be a bit more extroverted to fit, to get the algorithm going, to get your following numbers up. Yes and no, because I do find I'm always being authentic in some element. Like, you know, my writing always, it always stems from inside me. It's not, um, it's not trying to be anyone that I'm necessarily not. Now, some people have said, oh, would you not write maybe like gay love stories and stuff like that? And it's funny, the ideas come to me. I don't chase ideas. Like I, if someone said, sit down and write a, a beautiful gay romance, I'd say, I can't be told what to write. The ideas just come. And I don't know, I don't know where they come from. Like it was the same with the first book, Fling and Hitched. It was, it was a light bulb moment. It's kind of the spark we're talking about that we kind of look for in, in the bar with kind of meeting someone. But I get that spark in my own head. I'm like, oh, imagine waking up married to your ex in Vegas. And that's the light bulb. And from there, I try to pursue that and, and explore the idea. But it kind of, I think all of my personas, I would say, they all have a kind of a through line of a little bit of Irish humor, as we call it, having the crack, you know what I mean? And that's very much where I think that overall would be my brand. It's my books are never going to be overly serious, overly heavy. They're always going to be fairly light, lovely bit of escapism. You read it maybe in one or two days and then you, you know, you kind of move on. And then hopefully that, you know, future readers will pick up the next one and the next one. Um, but I don't consider myself an overly serious person. Like my writing style is very accessible. It's very much, uh, someone said recently, like it's the perfect book for, you know, um, people who are in a reading slump. It's people who haven't read in years. I they some of my, my friends said they could pick up one of my books and get back into reading. And that's something I really, really took as a compliment because I think people should read more in general. And from there, I would say my personas, I think they're all me. They're maybe just different facets of me. So I, I never feel like I'm being disingenuous. I always feel there's some authenticity there, whether it's my book talk, whether it's my Irish sketches, whether it's my writing, um, whether it's anything. I think it's always important to to kind of make sure you're doing it from, it's coming from within, if you get me. But that's really interesting. The fact that you almost, you've got this responsibility to get people back into reading and to keep it really succinct. What does that say to you about the book talk community and the reason that we have books? Because we know that traditionally books have always been for escapism, but there's obviously an element there that of what, do they need escapism when it comes to a rom-com or is it they need a really gritty, 
uh, John Grisham, you know, murder, or is it a mystery like a Tim Weaver book? Because there's so many different genres, but it's interesting that people are going to kind of go towards one gender over one genre over another genre. Well, I think especially now, people, readers are very in tune with what they want because there's a new thing. There's the emergence of tropes, which now tropes have always existed. And it's things like enemies to lovers, um, you know, fated romance, uh, you know, uh, forced proximity. There's all these tropes in books that in the past people have tried to hide because they never, they don't want to say, oh, it, that's been done before. But mm. now people, um, readers have become really engaged with the tropes that they like. So, for example, Hitch would be an enemies to lovers because, you know, and it's kind of like an old flame enemies to lovers kind of revival. So there'd be people who love that and people who say, mm, that's not really for me. Enemies to lovers isn't my vibe. And it's good for readers because now they know they're like, well, I know I like enemies to lovers. So the chances are I'm going to like this book. Whereas 10 years ago, you might have said, oh, no, the book is 100 percent original. It's never been done before. But now you can say, well, do you know what? There's some similarities with other books. If you like this book, you're going to like this book. So I think readers are very engaged with what they want and they know what they want, which I think overall is a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. And I think more people should be reading more to have that escapism. You know, I mm. read for an hour in the bath every night. And it's the escapism of not having the TV, not having physical technology in front of you, but actually being able to create the characters in your mind and they look a certain way. And what the way that I look at, for example, a Kate or a Trevor in your book is completely different to the image that someone else has of them. And Absolutely. even though it's the exact same story. The, yeah, that's the magic of it. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're directing your own film in your head, you know? So what then happens when you want to turn it into a film or a TV program and have the aftermath of it, what do you then do? Because... I know who my Trevor Rush and who my Kate is, but that's going to be completely different to the next person. And therefore, I don't want to be lied to, but neither do they. That's a great question. For me, it's up to whoever adapts it. Some <laughs> I take very, no responsibility. Some writers are very precious, but yeah. like, I am, I'm, <laughs> no one's going to let me like write or direct. You know what I mean? Like, you know, having never done it before. So I think there is a beauty in an adaptation because it's like, oh, wow, look at how this person interpreted my work. So that's very exciting. And I'm hoping in the future that's something that happens. And whatever direction it's taken in, I think either way, it's going to be very exciting because it's like, oh, wow, this idea came from my head and I saw it this way. But this person came in and said, well, what about this? For all I know, it could be better. You know what I mean? Because I think it almost comes, becomes kind of collaborative where it's like, here's the story. Here's the ideas and how someone reinterprets my work. I'm excited to see how that happens. Hopefully it does. It's an exciting thing. It's an exciting idea. And it's something to look forward to, definitely. JF Murray, your book Hitched is out to buy now. And obviously go and buy Fling as well, because these books are absolutely amazing. And if you enjoy learning about mental health themes from some of your favourite authors, there's episodes in the past library of Skidinsky of people like Adele Parks, Jane Fallon, Amanda Prowse, Nicola Gill, Claire McIntosh, Tim Weaver, and many, many more. I absolutely love the Skidinsky Book Club, and I hope it long may it continue. And if you enjoy what I'm doing here at Skidinsky, click that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you're listening, and leave a five-star rating, because we need to keep spreading the word, it's okay to not be okay, on TikTok, at Johnny Seafoot92 on X at Johnny Seafoot on Instagram at Johnny Seafoot at Skidinsky Podcast. I put all previous episode teasers out there so we can keep spreading the word it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafoot. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 